When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what is going on? This is Jeff Hartman of Behind the Steel Curtain, and you are back for another episode of Let's Ride, your Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning podcast. It is Friday, folks. That means that this podcast is sponsored by DraftKings Sportsbook. You know, there's nothing more thrilling than college football, and it all comes down to the national championship game. And your go-to for betting is DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on college football and get $200 in free bets instantly, win or lose. Plus, everyone can combine multiple bets for a bigger payout with DraftKings same-game parlays. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the code 5QUESTIONS. Spell out the number 5 Five questions, all one word. New customers bet just $5 on college football and get $200 in free bets instantly. That's code five questions only at DraftKings Sportsbook. 21 and older in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ohio. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Got a gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Folks. It's Friday. It's a big day. It's a big day. We've got a lot of stuff coming up. We've got a lot of news. We've got the keys to victory. And we've got the crux of the podcast coming up with the, it's time for the Steelers to put an exclamation point on their work. Coming up in the second half, Jeremy Jerome Betts joins me for the All Bets Are Off segment. And don't forget on Fridays at the very end of the show, we have our heart to heart. Stay tuned for that. Let's get this started with the news, shall we? All right, Heinz Ward, James Harrison, both were semifinalists for the class of 2023 in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Neither made it to finalist status. I am not going to go into detail about Heinz Ward. It's a snub. It always will be a snub. It is looking as if the only way Heinz Ward gets into the Hall of Fame is if it's with the committee that got someone like Dick LeBeau in. I think it's called the the Players Committee or something like that, the Legacy. I, I, it's it's a different term. It's frustrating. It's frustrating, and Steeler fans understand it. Uh, some Steeler fans don't think he is a Hall of Famer, and that's fine. I do. I've done a whole podcast on that. All you have to do is Google Let's Ride Heinz Ward Hall of Fame, and you will find it. You can listen to it. I, I compare it to other players uh, that are wide receivers that had less stellar statistics, not just Super Bowls and MVPs, but even receptions, touchdowns, etc. Heinz should be in. Now, James Harrison, I think he'll get in. It's just going to take him a little bit, but I definitely think he'll get in. Uh, other than that, some team awards have been handed out for the Steelers. Uh, the Chief Award, which is the Media Good Guy Award, went to center Mason Cole. Uh, that that tells you that here's a new player. He's a free agent acquisition. He's doing a great job of being there for the media, answering the questions, even when he might not want to. And so that was one of the team awards. The other team award went to Kenneth Shane Pickett, Kenny Pickett, KP8. 
That's the Joe Green Award, and that is the Rookie of the Year went to Kenny Pickett. It could have gone to maybe uh, George Pickens, but you knew it was going to be Kenny Pickett, especially the way the the team has finished their season. You know what award has not been given out yet? is their most valuable player. As of this being recorded, the Steelers had not announced who their MVP will be. It should be coming at some point before this last game. It always does. And I don't know who it's going to be. Is it Cam Hayward? Minka Fitzpatrick? I doubt it's Najee Harris, considering the first half of the season. It, this is one of those years it's weird. You Normally, you're like, oh, that's easy. It, it's it's Ben, or it's TJ, or you know whoever the case was. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, Antonio Brown won it several times. This year is tough. I have no idea who's going to win the MVP. It'll be interesting to check that out and make sure you check out BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. We'll have all that for you. Last bit of news. Covered this story on the website on Thursday. You know, Ben Roethlisberger has his own podcast. It's called Footballin' with Ben. It's him and a friend of his named Spence take it or leave it, whatever, they taste beers and all this stuff. Uh, thankfully, on YouTube, they actually label uh, when what they're talking about throughout the episode. And so I'm able to fast forward through a lot of the show and just when he's talking about the Steelers. He had, I thought it was really great, a very honest uh, opinion of Kenny Pickett. Uh, and not honest as if he was bashing the guy. Honest as in he said, you know what, when they got Kenny, I wasn't really sure what to expect. But he basically what Ben said, I'll give you the summation. You can check out the article on the website. He basically says everything that I thought he did, he does it better than I thought. Throwing the ball, running the ball, being elusive, leadership traits, the it factor. In other words, Ben Roethlisberger essentially summed it up and said, if Kenny keeps doing what he's doing, he's going to be there for a really long time. In other words, he could be that franchise guy. It's just crazy to think about, and this is one of the reasons why I was rooting so hard for Kenny Pickett is not the fact that I'm a huge Kenny Pickett fan. I do like him. I think he's a great guy. Uh, He seems like he has a good head on his shoulders. He's very responsible. I was rooting for him because I root for the Steelers. And when you think about the quarterbacks that came through the Steelers organization from Bradshaw until Ben Roethlisberger, there was a lot, and there was a lot of iffy players and questionable, you know, you could talk about Mark Malone. You could talk about Everett. You could talk about Tom Zach, Stewart, Maddox, all of it. You could talk about all of them. No one was that guy until Ben. If they find that guy already, gosh, that would be a huge boost for this organization and the future of the team. So that's really all the news wanted to get into today. We'll talk about the injury report when we get to the preview part. I want to talk about the crux of this podcast. You know, I thought about this game, this Browns game, week 18, and it's time for the Steelers to put an exclamation point on their work. Start two and six. You finish six and two so far. You have one game left. They have battled their way back to eight and eight. You have one game left. You can finish at nine and eight. You can salvage Mike Tomlin's non-losing season record, which a lot of fans hate. You could give yourself every, do everything that you have to do to to make the postseason. Doesn't mean you're going to get the help from other teams, but you're doing everything under your control. It is time for them to finish. Finish. Four straight wins. I feel like when I was a kid, Sega Genesis, Mortal Kombat, Mortal Kombat, and then finish him. And you know, Scorpion goes and rips the dude's head off and pulls his spinal cord out of his body. That's what I feel like. The Browns are like that team that's dazed. They're already eliminated and finish him. Like, that's what I want to see. 
Time for the Steelers to finish the job. Playoffs are huge. I mean, and they could, if they could get in, I'm going to you know talk about this with Jeremy Betts in the second half. If they can get in, it would be very beneficial, especially to the young players. And uh, it's one of those situations where they just need to control what I call the controllables. Control the controllables. The Steelers can do nothing about the Buffalo Bills beating the Patriots. They can do nothing about the Dolphins losing to the Jets. They can't do anything about it. But what they can control is not losing to the Browns, not falling and tripping up at the at the finish line. Finish the job and finish it strong. You know, the Steelers haven't played great against Cleveland in recent seasons. I mean, week three this year is Thursday night footballs on the road. That's a tough task. I think a lot of Steeler fans, including myself, kind of said, oh, well, you know, Thursday night's on the road. That's tough. It's been done before. Steelers just didn't get the job done. Yeah, I know that was Mitch Trubisky. I know all that stuff. But still, it's something that the Steelers haven't played great against Cleveland in the past few seasons. This is a chance for them to make a statement. It's a chance for them to win four in a row, leaving at the end of the regular season. But, man, there is no team. They could be the team. And I've always said this. This is something that Dave Schofield and I and Brian Davis on the preview have always talked about when it comes to the playoffs. You don't want to be the 2020 Steelers, and that is the team that's 11-0, looking like no one can touch them, and then they fizzle to the finish line. I kind of see that with the Philadelphia Eagles right now. I know Jalen Hurts is injured, but still, you just don't have that same feel about the Eagles that you did just five or six weeks ago. You want to be the team that is maybe horrible early, figures it out, and is playing their best football at the best time. The Steelers could be that team that no one wants to play. I remember in 2013, the Steelers finished 8-8. Eight and eight. They almost got into the playoffs. That's what people were saying. Watch out for the Steelers team. If they can get in, they could do some damage. They could, they could potentially be that team. You win four in a row. You're starting to feel good about yourselves. You're going into these this game. If, you, if they get in, they're the seven seeds, so they're traveling no matter what. No one's going to pick you to win. You go in there, you see if you could maybe somehow find a way to shock the world. But it's going to build momentum, whether it's momentum into the playoffs or momentum into the offseason, if they can find a way to win. But also, let's also not forget, this is the first time Deshaun Watson will be playing the Steelers in a Browns uniform. He's never beaten Pittsburgh before when he was with the Houston Texans. Never once did Deshaun Watson beat the Steelers. This will be their chance to welcome him to the Browns-Steelers rivalry. I do not consider the Browns and Steelers like I do the Browns and Ravens. It's just, to me, it's not the same. For the older generation, it is not for me. The Browns, I grew up with the Browns. They were a punchline. I was just talking to my dad from the way home from work Thursday, and I told him how we were talking about the Steelers and, hey, what do you think about the game? And he said, man, I just hope that they can take care of their own business where it's not, you know, last-second wins. We've experienced those the last two games. And I remember a game, I wish I knew the year, I'm sure Brian Davis does, where the Steelers played the Browns maybe week 16. It was right around Christmas, and they blew their doors off. I think the final score was maybe 48-3 to or 48 nothing. And I'll never forget the headline of the paper the next day. It said, Seasons Beatings. That's what I would love. I would love for the Steelers to blow blow the Browns completely out of the water. That's what I would love. I'm not sure if that's going to happen, but that's what I would love. It's time for the Steelers to put an exclamation point on their work. Well, what's it going to take to win the game? 
But let's talk about what it's going to take to win the game at the Keys of Victory. Before we do that, let's talk about the upcoming matchup and give you the odds and things like that. Right now, the odds are two and a half. Believe it or not, they've gone from three to two and a half. The Browns are getting two and a half points on the road. The over-under is still set at 40 and a half. What's interesting, in the last five games in this series, the Steelers are two and three. And that's not counting playoffs. The two and three, just really bad. Steelers do lead the all-time series 79-62 and one. Let's take a look at that injury report because this is really important. Remember, the Browns, they are eliminated. So if some of these players are banged up and they might not be able to play, there's a good chance that they just aren't going to play them because there's nothing really to play for outside of trying to ruin the Pittsburgh Steelers season. So let's take a look at the players that were not uh, given just rest. Okay, they've they've been resting a lot of players. Uh, Denzel Ward, the cornerback, didn't practice for a second straight day with a shoulder injury. Um, other than that, you have a defensive end, I uh, Thomas. He, uh, I'm trying to think here because they don't have their first names for some reason on the Steelers website. He missed practice with a foot injury on Thursday. Uh, other than that, uh, Johnson, the running back, shoulder was limited on Thursday. Everyone was just, oh, there you go. Conklin, the tackle, he was an ankle. He had mispracticed for the second straight day on Thursday. So a lot of players were given rest, but it'll be interesting to see what happens with the Browns. Let's take a look at the Steelers. On Wednesday, they had a lot of players that were out, and that was kind of expected considering you know all the stuff that happened. The, the Ravens game was very physical. Deontay Johnson with a hip. Trey Norwood with a hamstring. Arthur Millette with an illness. Minka Fitzpatrick with an ankle. Miles Jack with a groin. Kevin Dotson with a shoulder. And Larry Ogunjobi with a toe all didn't practice. Now, Najee Harris didn't practice, but it wasn't injury-related. They were resting him. Uh, When you look at James Pierre, who's in the concussion protocol, he was a full participant. That's good. We'll keep an eye on that. So let's go to Thursday now. Deontay Johnson didn't practice on Wednesday, full participant on Thursday. Trey Norwood didn't practice on Wednesday, limited on Thursday. Najee Harris was back to practice fully on Thursday. Arthur Millette didn't practice for a second straight day with his illness. Neither did Minka Fitzpatrick with his ankle. James Pierre continues to be a full participant with his concussion. Miles Jack is still out. Larry Ogunjobi is still out. Cam Hayward was given the day off, rest day. Kevin Dotson was back fully with that shoulder injury, the only player, there's a player added, Alex Highsmith with an ankle injury was limited. And so I don't know if that happened in practice on Wednesday. We shall see. But this is going to be interesting. When you talk about this game, this upcoming game against the Steelers and Browns, it's really unique. These two teams seem like they are light years apart in the fact that the last time they played, it seems like eons ago. And this team is so different. You had Jacoby Brissett quarterbacking the Browns. You had Mitch Trubisky quarterbacking the Steelers. Uh, you think about some of the rookies, the young players, they didn't really have a role for themselves at the time. George Pickens, Jalen Warren, especially DeMarvin Leal. Uh, you even throw in Connor Hayward if you want. You look at the Steelers' offensive line was struggling at that time. They couldn't do anything that well. They weren't running the ball like they are now, averaging 146 yards on the ground per game in the second half coming out of the bye. These two teams are vastly different from when they met in the first meeting in Week 3. So let's talk about the keys to victory. First, we always start on offense. Number one, run the rock. Cleveland gives up 134.4 rushing yards per game on average for this season. Run the football. The Steelers just put up 198 yards against the Baltimore Ravens. They were averaging 87 yards per game, and they put up almost 200. Do it again. Run it down their freaking throats. Second, protect the ball. 
Cleveland has been able to take the ball away this season. They've done a good job, especially in the last portion of the season. Dave Schofield outlined that perfectly in his Stat Geek podcast on Thursday morning. Make sure you go check that out. But Kenny Pickett's only thrown one interception since the bye week. Protect the ball. And I mean zero turnovers. That's huge. Last key, touchdowns, not field goals. I don't know about you. Maybe it's just me, but I feel like this offense is on the verge of a breakout. I I honest to goodness do. I feel like they are on the verge of having a game that is not like the other games we've seen them play. I'm not saying, and you'll see my prediction, you'll hear my prediction in the second half, I'm not suggesting they're going to put up 30-plus, but they're going to have a game where they move the ball, score more than one touchdown. That's what I'm feeling, and it's going to be a key. So the key is on offense, again, run the rock, protect the ball, and touchdowns, not field goals. Let's go to the defensive side. Number one key, stop the run. You know, you got Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt. The Cleveland offense averages 147.3 rushing yards per game. They are able to run the ball. The Steelers' rush defense has been tremendous, averaging in the second half just 76 yards a game. They have to stay tight. They've got to, I'm not suggesting that they're going to keep them, you know, well below 100. That would be great if they do. They have to stop the run. Next, they got to harass Deshaun Watson. Now, Cleveland has surrendered 37 sacks this season. That is not all Deshaun Watson. We know that. Pittsburgh's defense, I hadn't, I hadn't even checked on this stat yet, and I looked it up before the podcast. They've only they've 33 sacks this year. That's it. 33 sacks. Remember how they would get 50-plus every single year? That's, that's not going to happen this year, but still, they've been doing a good job of getting after the quarterback since the bye week. Let's see if they can do it again, harassing Deshaun Watson. And lastly, take it away. Cleveland has given the ball away 19 times this season, and Pittsburgh has taken it away 21 times. I'm going to say right now they need to have at least one takeaway in this game if they want to win it, and I think they will. The keys on defense, again, stop the run, harass Deshaun Watson, take it away. That's it. All right, folks. You know what time it is now. It is time for the DraftKings Sportsbook Parlay of the Week. That's right. Every week this season, we'll be cooking up our own parlay that our good friends at DraftKings will put right on the homepage for all of you, our loyal fans, to follow. This week, the parlay is, last week, I was close. If it wasn't for Chris Boswell missing a field goal, I would have nailed the parlay, but I had the over on the 17.5, and they didn't get it. That that made me mad, but that's okay. They're going to make up for it. Here we go. This week, the DraftKings Sportsbook Parlay is Cleveland Browns points. Cleveland Browns points. I've got under 18.5. Under 18.5 points. That's leg one. Leg two, Kenny Pickett passing yards. 175 or more. I got that bet. Next, Najee Harris rushing yards, 80 yards or more. There you have it, the three legs of the parlay. I'll say them one more time. Cleveland Browns points, under 18.5. Kenny Pickett passing yards, over 175. Najee Harris rushing yards, over 80. Be sure to check out our Twitter. I'll have the image there this on this Sunday so you can see what it is. All you have to do is go to DraftKings, whether it's on the uh, the, the mobile app or whether it's on the desktop version, and you can find that if you live in Maryland, Pennsylvania, or West Virginia. Each week, DraftKings has new offers and great ways to make your Sundays more fun. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes for details. It would be really funny if the, the only time I hit one of these parlays is in the final week of the regular season. That would be both sad and funny at the same time. All right. Hey, when we come back, Jeremy Jerome Betts is going to join me. we got NFL picks and more. And then stay tuned to the end for the Heart to Heart. We'll be right back.
All right, Steeler fans, ride or die crew, it is Friday. It is the second half of the show, and I didn't know on Wednesday whether or not we were going to be able to do this, but Jeremy Jerome Betts joins me again, and it's a good thing because the Steelers have won three games in a row, and I don't want to break any uh, you know, good, good habits we have. We'll put it that way. I'm not very superstitious, but we'll put it that way. So, Jeremy, what's going on? Uh, man, it's going great, and you're right. Do, don't want to mess up the flow or anything. I am probably more superstitious than, than you are. Um, if, if we don't win and I'm wearing a certain shirt or Jersey, I don't wear that shirt or Jersey again until, uh, until the next year. Uh, so typically a whole year. year. So I will go a whole year between, uh, using that form of clothing again. So I've been, I've been running short this year. Uh, but thankfully we went on a win streak. Yeah. What's it? What is the, what is the Jersey slash shirt that is getting, getting the Steelers, the W's. So right now it's a it's a long sleeve gray shirt that just says uh, property of Pittsburgh Steelers on it. And so just real simple. But, hey, we're we're on a three game win streak with it and I'll I'll take it. So the Steelers win again. And before we get to the playoffs and stuff, I, I do have to ask you not about. You know, the the stuff that went down on Monday night, because I think like that's been talked about enough. And we all hope that Damar Hamlin is healthy and well at some point where he he's released from the hospital. And people have asked me at work, you know, do you think this guy will ever play football again? And I said the same thing that I said when Ryan Shazier was on that same flipping football Mm. field of can't move his limbs. And I said, I hope that he gets to the point where he would be, that would even be a discussion. Like that's the hope, you know, but I want to ask you about the NFL and the NFL, in my opinion, at the time that this is being recorded, they had not made a decision on how they're going to handle that football game, meaning that Monday night game that was suspended in the first quarter. They, they have no idea that week 18, as of again, as of this being recorded, is going off as as they all said. Uh, and it's as scheduled. We'll put it that way. What do hmm. you think the NFL could or should do in this situation with that game on Monday night? Yeah. Do you think they even try to play it? Do you, this is, this is uncharted waters. What do you think, Jeremy? Man, it's, it's so tough. And, you know, you have the, the personal uh, human aspect to it and that's been well discussed and everything. And the football aspect is, it's like you said, uncharted territory. But when you're, when you're looking at this from just what makes sense, I think the NFL understands that with, as big of an event as the Super Bowl is, as big an event as um, the Pro Bowl is, the, these types of things that have been scheduled for months and months on end, uh, and you know you've got these in place that they probably can't be pushing back uh, the playoffs a week or anything like that. So you're either looking to squeeze it in and risk more player injury because of a tighter schedule, and you know maybe that's not an image that they want to. Uh, to have uh, on their backs at this point after um, what's gone down. Um, so, you know, my, my opinion and my, um, and my thought of what they'll do is they'll just, they'll just um, call that game as if it, it's a no play, it's a no contest. And they will, they will uh, rank these teams now based on a win percentage, as opposed to actual record. I think it's the, it's not perfect, but it's the cleanest way to do it. And I think it honors both the uh, human element and the sports element uh, that's going on right now with this very um, 
very special situation. I think the NFL is in a damned if you do, damned if you don't situation. And it's it's yeah. really awful for them because the, the, never once have they not thought about the Bills players, the Bills organization, the Bengals players that right. might have been there. Think about T. Higgins. I mean, my gosh, that guy's – he's probably running things, scenarios through his head. Did, did I do something that I shouldn't have? Or if I would have done this differently, cut to my right instead of lowering my – I'm not even going to go down. the open. I'm not opening up that Pandora's box. But the right. NFL is in a situation where it's a billion dollar organization and they have to get back to functionality. And yeah. there's no way of doing it without someone somewhere saying this is disrespectful. Right. This is, you know, all the, they're going to do it. And 2020 was the precedent in terms of they're going to find a way. The Steelers and Ravens played on a Wednesday night. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they will yeah. find a way to try and do it. I, I don't know what they're going to do with this football game. Um, there's been a lot of people that suggested maybe getting rid of that week before the Super Bowl and bumping uh, the get some games back and using that as like a buffer. I'm not sure. And, and it's like, I was telling my wife, cause she was asking questions about the situation from an NFL standpoint, not so much a human element. She goes, sure. what are they going to do? I said, this isn't, you know, Cincinnati versus the Houston Texans, where it really doesn't right. matter. It's yeah. this was these were two premier AFC teams vying for the top seed and uh, a lot of division implications uh, for the Bengals with the Ravens, obviously still looking to maybe win it. If the Bengals lost the game, it's crazy. We'll, we'll keep you up to date behind the steel curtain.com for what happens with that. I don't expect anything anytime soon, but let's talk about the Steelers. The Steelers find a way to win again, in Baltimore. Now you were at the game last year, Big Ben's yep. last regular season game. They won in overtime. That was the Ray Ray McLeod conversion game for those that remember on fourth down, I believe. And this game was a little bit different, yet eerily similar to the week uh the week prior to that against the right. Las Vegas Raiders with Kenny Pickett. Let's just talk about Kenny Pickett first, even though I don't think he's the main storyline or shouldn't be. Is, is there any box with Kenny Pickett that has been left unchecked so far for you during his rookie season? Um, I'd probably say just the the consistency factor, uh, maybe the big play factor. And I don't know if that's necessarily on him or if it's the design of the offense. So it's kind of incomplete from a grading perspective in, in those areas, in my opinion, especially the big plays, because this offense doesn't ask him to make a lot of big plays downfield. And, um, you know, that's, that is what it is. And I think, you know, it's something that as fans, we would love to see kind of come back. I think they've got the talent in place to make it work. So I think maybe that box is unchecked. The, the 60 yard, 70 yard, 80 yard touchdowns that we, we saw with, uh, somewhat regularity when, uh, number seven was behind center. So you've got some of those things, but as far as growth and development and being a leader and, and having the, the poise and the moxie in, um, in, in dark situations in tough situations when the lights are brightest and when the stakes are highest, you know, you, you've got a guy that has proven uh, in college and has now proven at the NFL that it doesn't phase him and he can handle it. And I think that if, if he's got that down, then the rest will come. Uh, I would be very cautious if I'm, Steeler nation about, you know, I, I asked on Twitter the other day, you know, would it be beneficial for the Steelers to, to keep Matt Canada next year and keep Kenny Pickett in the same system. And I would just caution that the Pittsburgh Steelers do not 
settle for mediocrity. <laughs> and I think that that's what we're seeing. We're seeing an okay offense. We're seeing an offense that that moves the ball pretty well. Still can't finish some drives every now and then, but I think you, you got to figure out a way. Can we unlock this kid? Uh, can we take what we've seen and, and unlock it and really just take it to the next level? Uh, Joe Burrow in year two, um, Trevor Lawrence in, in year two uh, type situation. I, I, if, if the Steelers could, could do something along those lines, I think that you'd see those final boxes checked very quickly for Kenny Pickett, who I believe is the franchise quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers for the next uh, decade, hopefully. You just answered my next question. I was going to ask, do you think Kenny Pickett's the franchise quarterback? I agree with you. I think he is. But coming out of week 17, everyone wanted to talk about Pickett, and rightfully yeah. so, because it's exciting. The thought of having the next franchise quarterback already in line after you just lost your previous franchise quarterback is, well, it's exciting. That's exactly the way to put it. Yeah. But that wasn't the storyline in that game to me. And no one really talked about it. Yes, we did here behind the steel curtain and on the website, but from a national global perspective, right. the focus was more on number eight than it was the running game and the yes. offensive line. Yes. This team that couldn't run through a wet paper bag last year, <laughs> put up 198. That's that's with kneel downs hmm. against the Baltimore Ravens, the number three ranked rush defense in the NFL. And I got to be honest, there were times they made it look easy. Yeah, they were breaking off five, six yard runs at a clip, and and Najee Harris looked like a Najee Harris we had have, had never seen. I'm going to be honest, I never, I've never seen that. I didn't see it his rookie year. Tell me, and you saw it the same way I did. That this running game, and I, I did the numbers on my Wednesday show since the bye week, they're averaging like 146 yards a game. It's incredible. This running game is really, really something to look at. Yeah, absolutely. I the stat that stood out to me was from the broadcast actually. When Collingsworth uh, pulled out the next gen stat of uh, the the yardage gained on runs before first contact, and it was like something like two point four yards uh, before first contact on average that that the running backs were having, and that just is a tribute to this offensive line deciding that they're going to be the bullies, and and that's not to take anything away from Najee Harris or Jalen Warren, who both played with with a reckless abandon that was incredible to watch. And I don't know about you, Jeff. I, I think you mentioned it on Wednesday that Najee Harris after his runs was getting up and like talking about it, jawing about it and getting, yeah. getting pumped up. And I love that from him. I think that he's an emotional leader on this team. He looked like he was shot out of a cannon in this game. And I think if he plays like that, then this offense is going to continue to rise. Uh, even if, coordinator switch even if uh, the passing game can't quite get it going because you've got a rookie who's still learning the ropes a little bit um this is the type of running game that you can lean on it's it's how some of these playoff teams are actually built to win uh, if you look at um the ravens if you look at um you know some of these squads that have, have the the 49ers even just a pounding physical running game that drives the rest of the offense and you play good defense that's the success uh strategy for some of these playoff teams and if the Steelers can can play like they have been and specifically this offensive line and these two running backs who have paired to be a, a really fun a really exciting uh, group in the backfield then I think the sky's the limit for what the potential of this offense can be 
All right. Now the next question we're going to answer in our pick segment, because for those that just might be listening for the first time in a long time, and I welcomed all the Fairweather fans back on Wednesday, we don't do every game anymore. We only do games that are important to the Pittsburgh Steelers. So here we go. Sunday at one o'clock, the New England Mm -hmm. Patriots in Buffalo against the Buffalo Bills. I'm not even going to – we'll talk about the spread, but I want to know if you who you think is going to really win this game because the Steelers yeah. need the Bills to win. Like again, it's not in New England. It's in Buffalo. Buffalo is right. giving seven and a half points. What do you think about this game? Um, the the Buffalo Bills situation right now obviously is is unprecedented and very um, very interesting. It'll be something to, to keep an eye on, but – I think more than anything, when, when these guys hit the field on Sunday, it's going to be uh, a tribute game to DeMar Hamlin, and I think the Bills are good enough to make it a, a big-time issue for the Patriots. I don't think the Patriots have a chance in this game. I think the Bills will will win this running away. I really do. I think Buffalo, yeah, they're they're going to be, like you said, it's going to be at home. It's going to be very yeah. emotional. The first part of the game might be a little – iffy for the home team uh but if they can weather that storm that proverbial storm i think they'll settle in and they will like you said uh do it for their teammate who's still battling for his life i have i like the bills and i actually like the bills to cover if if we're still talking about that so i agree um let's go to other game well you know what let's go to the other game i gotta do it chicago bears we have to talk about it chicago (laughs) bears are currently the number two overall pick this does matter for the steelers justin fields is being rested in the last week they're going with nathan peterman i think Hmm. against the minnesota vikings chicago's getting seven and a half at home if the texans win and the bears lose the bears could have the number one overall pick what do you see happening in that regard jeremy I do see the Vikings winning this game and covering the spread here. Uh, Vikings are going to be out to prove a little bit of something after a a tough loss, and they're going to want to try to get back on track here. So I like the Vikings, and if you're looking at the Texans versus the Colts, that's a winnable game for Houston, even though they're they're underdogs there. So, uh, you, I mean, will it matter too much what what – it's going to be there available to the Steelers pick 32 or pick 33. I'm not sure if that's a, a huge deal, but yeah, it very easily could be um, the first pick in, in the uh, second round for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I do think the, the Vikings are good. They, they have something to prove. Like you said, yeah. they got beat pretty bad last week and they don't want to go into the playoffs slumping. So I like the Vikings to cover that as well. And I think, like you said, the Houston Texans might, uh, lose that number one overall seed. That's going to be something to talk about later. Got to talk about the other AFC North matchup as well. Baltimore going to Cincinnati. This game was originally 425 when it could have been for the division. It got moved to one o'clock. Cincinnati's giving seven at home. What do you think? I like the Bengals. Um, you know, I think, again, a, a weird situation for them, having a game kind of canceled on them, but I still like what this team does. And I think the Ravens are probably just content at this point um with the division not a, a race not a factor anymore to um rest Lamar Jackson and and you know get get some of these guys healthy Calais Campbell didn't play against the Steelers last week um Marcus Peters didn't play they've had a couple guys injured so they take this opportunity to rest up a little bit get some guys some experience and I think the Bengals Bengals handle business and cover the spread here yeah, Ravens fans are really mad that Lamar Jackson's not practicing, but I think that the Ravens have basically said, look, we, we've locked up our spot. 
we're just going to let him rest and then have him for the playoffs. I think the Bengals win this game, uh, and I think they cover that seven-point spread too. Uh, let's go to the other game that matters the most for the Pittsburgh Steelers. The New York Jets need to beat the Miami Dolphins in Miami. New York is going with Mike White. Miami, they're not sure about – well, Tua is not going to be in the lineup due to his concussion. Right. Teddy Bridgewater, uh, everyone's saying that he has a broken finger on his throwing hand, that he's unlikely to play. Uh, Coach Daniel down there said that he's not sure. It looks like Skylar Thompson could get the nod. What do you think about this? You already said the Bills win. The Steelers need that to happen. Will the Jets find a way down in Miami? Man, it, it's funny because the Jets are a one-point favorite down in Miami. So you kind of it feels like the desert likes them by uh, about four, right? Because you, yeah. you typically give um, the home team a, a three-point advantage. Um, so the Jets are favored. The Bills are favored. This one is is going to be the nail-biter, I think, um, because the Jets just are such a, a wacky organization this year. The the early season success, the defense's total dominance for about a six-game stretch in the middle of the year, all that's kind of gone away and fizzled down into a, what what are we? <laughs> what is this organization? I think Mike White, Mike White gives them a chance to win this week. Um over Zach Wilson or Joe Flacco. Um, and I think that w- when the Dolphins are are talking about starting Skylar Thompson potentially in a, a win and end situation, um, I know they've got a lot of talent around them, but what made this offense special was Tua's ability to get the ball in the hands of his playmakers. And he wasn't tossing it down the field um, 80 yards like Mahomes was uh, to Tyreek Hill, but he was getting his playmakers the ball. And Skylar Thompson did not do that well. And Teddy Bridgewater did not do that well against New England. Um, if Bridgewater plays, he's going to be highly compromised. He broke the the finger and dislocated it. So there's going to be a lot of swelling there. Um, I think it's going to be Skylar Thompson. And if that's the case, I, I see the Jets winning this game. And, uh, you know, that a, a crazy scenario. Who would have thought it? But the Steelers, if they win, I think they have a chance to get in. I agree with you. I think the Jets go down there. They have something to play for, uh, and it's, if anything, to keep Miami out of it. And that's the yeah. same situation the Browns find themselves in. Sunday at 1 o'clock at Acroshore Stadium, they beat the Steelers, and nothing that we just talked about matters. The Steelers are giving three points at home to Cleveland. How do you see this playing out, and what's your final score prediction? Man, this is this is tough. Be- the last time we saw Steelers-Browns feels like a century ago, week three on Thursday night football. Thursday night football division game, weird game. And the, the Steelers are nothing like they were back then. The offensive line is gelling. Um, the running game is like we talked about a real strength of this team. Kenny Pickett is, is playing well. He's playing with poise and the Browns are kind of, uh, what are you going to get out of them this week? You know, uh, Deshaun Watson had a, a fairly decent game. Uh, you could say he threw, three touchdown passes, but I think he only completed like nine passes in that game. And so, you know, it's like you're getting a Browns team that doesn't really have an identity right now. They're figuring themselves out. Yes. They'd love to come to Pittsburgh, their most hated rival and uh, knock them out of the playoffs. So I think there's that motivation. And uh, Kevin Stefanski has given Mike Tomlin's units trouble, especially on the ground with uh, Nick Chubb and, and the running game scheme in Cleveland. This is going to be about the Steelers defense um, continuing their recent success in stopping the run, minimizing uh, the, uh, the opposing offense's ability to 
um, break off big plays and use the play action pass uh, to uh, open up down the field. It's going to be tougher, I think, this week against Cleveland than it was against Baltimore because you've got a quarterback who can throw the ball downfield. But still, I think the Steelers are on a roll here, and I think that Mike Tomlin and his guys, are are they want that winning season. They want that playoff appearance. I'm going to ride with my Pittsburgh Steelers this week, and I'm going to pick a score of 20 to 14 Steelers over the Browns. Wow. Okay. I like it. I too like the Steelers. And like you said, you took the words right out of my mouth. It seems like eons ago since these teams played in week three on Thursday night, Mitch Trubisky was the quarterback for the Steelers. Jacoby Brissett was the quarterback for the Browns. Uh, People like George Pickens and Jalen Warren had not carved out any role for themselves. Chase Claypool was still on the team. These two teams are so different now than what they were back then. And so I have the Steelers winning. I have the Steelers covering the three-point spread. I have the Steelers scoring more points than most people might think. I've got the Steelers 24, Cleveland around 17. 24 to 17. I think that Cleveland might get a couple big plays. You mentioned Deshaun Watson. The Steelers might be a little bit more vulnerable in the passing game. So maybe they go that route. I don't know, but I think the Steelers win. And if everything goes according to plan, they would be punching their ticket into the AFC playoffs. How crazy would that be? And if so, we'll be talking about it next week for sure. But in the meantime, Jeremy, uh, why don't you tell people what they can expect from you, your podcast, and what you've got going on the website? Yeah, I actually just wrote an article about what this what a playoff appearance would mean for the these young Steelers. So you can check that out uh, when it comes out on the on BTSC. And then uh, the Steelers fix. We talked uh, through Andrew Wilbar's mock draft 1.0 uh, from a couple weeks ago. If you're interested in seeing um, the direction that the the draft could be going and maybe what the Steelers could find available to them in the middle portion of the first round of the NFL draft. I'd encourage you to listen to that. The Steelers fix uh, comes out on Tuesdays at noon uh, on all audio platforms. You can check it out anywhere you get your podcasts. And uh, Jeff, thanks for having me on. Let's ride this season. I hope uh, we're, we're rolling again into, into an unlikely playoff spot. Yeah. And you're not getting off the hook just because it's the off season. I hope you know that. Right on. Let's go. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Jeremy, have a great rest of your week and we'll talk next week. Take it easy. You too, man. Have a good one. Yeah, you do. All right. A big thanks to Jeremy Jerome Betts for taking the time as he always does on Fridays to talk about the Steelers, talk about NFL picks. And it's going to be a lot of fun to continue that with him throughout the off season, whenever that happens, hopefully not soon, but let's finish this up. Like we always do every week with a heart to heart. The narrative surrounding the Pittsburgh Steelers certainly has changed a lot since the early portions of the season. You could go down a laundry list of things that have changed. And it just goes to show you that a season is long. Uh, It's the shortest professional season, but in terms of the NFL season in 17 total games and 18 total weeks, a lot can change with the team. Think about the bye week, two and six. No one would have ever thought that it was likely that the team would rebound, finish 6-2, and two, have a chance, even though they need help, they don't control their own destiny, but have a chance, have a chance at making the playoffs. No one would have guessed that. So let's have this be a cautionary tale for future years. If things are not great at the start, if things are not great near the midpoint of the season, remember that it is possible for, the, for any team, especially in this case the Steelers, to rebound, let's always keep this in the back of our mind. For all the 2019s where they collapse, 
this has been a really fun surprise with the team being a viable option to be the seventh seed in the AFC playoff picture. We'll see how it breaks down this weekend. I'm really excited. I know that you're excited too. Make sure you're staying tuned to BehindTheSteelCurtain.com and on our podcast platform, wherever you get your podcast, search Steelers or Behind the Steel Curtain. You can subscribe, follow, whatever you have to do so that you don't miss a thing. I'm going to be back on Sunday for the post-game show. You'll hear me on Monday with my winners and losers. Let's keep our fingers crossed, Steeler fans, ride or die crew, that this team gets the help they need and they beat the Browns and they find their way into the playoffs. Let's hope. In the meantime, you know how we finish it out here. Be safe, be kind, and God bless. Have a great rest of your day. We'll see you on Monday. Go Steelers.